A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends? My name is Emily Lang. I'm an actress, writer, singer, codependent, returnee from rock bottom and a gratefully recovering addict. And this is the podcast where we aim to rid the shame. The highs and lows and deadly blows that ultimately led us to the lessons that we never knew we needed to learn but are so grateful that we did. So I have said it many times before, and I will say it many times again. (laughs) So it's just what it is. But I will always say, never underestimate the power of a diagnosis. I have found that only by knowing the names of these things do we in some way have power over them. Discovering that your brain is wired slightly differently to the average human can be really frightening. It can also be a huge relief. I definitely found that when I was diagnosed. Now I know what it is. I can battle it, take responsibility and choose how I respond. Because before it was a lot like fumbling in the dark for a light switch. But not anymore. (laughs) Comedian Harriet Kemsley and I are discussing all this and more today. Okay, so it is 2017, and I always like to go, God knows what was happening in 2017, but really, God knows what was happening in 2017, it feels so long ago, but the March of 2017, and we are in London, and in this moment, Harriet, why do you think you've got no friends? (laughs) So (laughs) it was was a weird time for me, and I, so I got diagnosed with dyspraxia and it was um it was a weird thing because I think that I always thought I, I didn't know about it before so my sister was the one that suggested that I might have it mm. um and she um we were just having lunch and then she was like Harriet I was watching embarrassing bodies yesterday and I think you might have the same thing as the woman on it 
<laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I was watching Embarrassing Bodies, and I think that you might have an embarrassing. Body. I think you would be perfect for the show, and I think you need to get in touch because they could really put a whole series maybe on your body. Um, so she said that, and then I was like, wait, what is she going to say? Like, what is it about my my body that's so embarrassing? I mean, I could think of a few things off the top of my head. Um, and then uh, she was like, uh, this woman had this thing called dyspraxia. And I think you might have it. And then I was like, this is, this is the way. And I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. And then she was like, they did this test on it. It's like clap test. You have to like clap with your hands and then you swap directions. Mm. She was like, let me try it on you. So we were sat at this table and then I started to do it. And then she was like, she was like, go faster, go faster. And then she was like, swap. And as she said, swap, I knocked over two drinks. And so these drinks just went flying. And she was like, Yep, <laughs> I think you got it. I think there couldn't have been a more perfect display of the fact that you have this thing dyspraxia. And I was like, that's um, that's so weird. And I think that at the moment, like, there's a lot of kind of um, talk about uh, neurodiversity, which is amazing. Mm. And a lot of, mm. but at that point, there wasn't that much. And my brother is dyslexic and I, I knew that I didn't have that. But, um, mm. but yeah, then my husband um, started to, he got me a couple of books about it. And nice. I read I read some of that and I like just burst into tears because I was like this is mad that this describes like so much of my life and um then he was really sweet there was like a really long like waiting list to get diagnosed and he like I got it done privately which I, I think is so lucky but like what I always say to people if I think that they think they might have it you probably have it like no one's like yeah oh you know like <laughs> I wish I had what a little sprinkle of dyspraxia <laughs> yeah, exactly like no one's like desperate for it so if like if you think you have it you probably have it and like yeah the diagnosis I think it definitely like gives you confidence or whatever but like if if you read something and you relate to it and you feel a connection like you don't necessarily need someone to tell you you have it and this is the problem that there's yeah. such a long waiting list at the moment um but yeah so I have a joke about this but I uh I got this um this professor to come like so I I spoke to him um on the phone like the original like consultation thing and as I was speaking to him on the phone I was so flustered and I had to answer all these questions and then my papers were all a mess and as I was speaking to him I got my foot stuck in a bowl and so I <laughs> falling over the living room like trying to get this bowl off of my foot and it was just like complete chaos and I, and then he was like yeah no I think, I think it's I've seen enough <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah all the evidence was uh was stacked against me oh my goodness like there's so much to discuss in this moment firstly <laughs> I just I just think it's really really funny that there were drinks involved in the actual original test it was like just shoving something else in just to make it more more exactly. obvious. I think it is so powerful when, and I've said this before, when you even just like Wikipedia something and there's this like checklist of symptoms yeah. and you can go, oh my God, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's what I do. And the benefits and the power that comes from that of going oh this is something that can be treated this is not me just being a bad person or a different person it's like oh I can I can combat this and I can choose how to combat this and you know I've now I never underestimate the power of a diagnosis I will always always say that um for any listeners who don't know specifically what dyspraxia is would you explain a little bit about it um, I mean, I don't know the scientific um, explanation, but I think uh, I always see it as like 
living in slight chaos. It's mm. uh, it's like it basically affects like your spatial awareness, but also your thinking and your movement. And mm. I guess it's like the process from the brain is not as straightforward, perhaps as like most people. Right. Um, so I think it can affect, and it's it's on the like um the the scale. So there's like connections with dyslexia and ADHD and yes. uh, autism so it, a lot of it is connected um but um but yeah often like you'll you'll specifically have like a, a few things within the within the yeah list. yeah and it's not like a one size fits all like black and yeah. white thing it's not going okay you are dyslexic therefore you will have this this this, and this yeah you kind of you do sort of slot into your small ways it's the same things with like with ADHD or BPD or CPTSD or any of the kind of personality disorders or you know things on the spectrum you sort of it, it is a quite a specific thing there are sort of there are general like like good general correlations and general things that people have find very very similar but um but it is quite a sort of a specific diagnosis I guess yeah 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 there's overlaps and I think like I know people that are definitely have it more extremely than me or maybe they have more like symptoms yeah. or people that less or maybe it just affects their thinking or um yeah do you ever do you ever do the thing just say hearing you say people have it more do you ever sort of compare and go oh I shouldn't feel bad about about my dyspraxia because I don't have it as bad as somebody else yeah definitely I think it's a weird thing when I I think so often when things are like you try and say things are a sliding scale it, it does get mm-hmm. a bit tricky because some someone could have it worse than somebody else but they could manage it better right or somebody could only have it a bit but it could really affect their self-esteem or yeah. or and so it it is I, I do always think with these things that saying one thing is worse than the other is it, not always the best way to say it yeah no it's not it's that compare and despair thing and we're all on our very very individual journeys with this stuff and everything and also everything is relative to every person yeah I really want to discuss more the like did you have a sense of relief when you got this diagnosis? Was there something that would just kind of settled in you? I think that is what I was hoping for. I think mm. I was like, well, if I get diagnosed with this, it is going to make so much sense of my <laughs> life and I'm just going to feel so free. And then it actually, like, I felt a bit sad for a while afterwards because I yeah. was like, oh, damn it. Like, I, it made so much sense with so many of these interactions where I just like felt mm. so uncomfortable and so awkward right. and I would just do something that was like so wild <laughs> and just so like out of place and when I was at school like I would there was a point like I had this teacher and she like banned me from homework um during my GCSEs because I would just lose all her sheets and she got <laughs> so annoyed she was like you can't I make these sheets every week and every week you take them home you're meant to complete them and every week you come back and you say I don't know what happened to this sheet like where it's like it's like heart, like it's like ripped in half, and she's like, "You can't, you don't." And then I was like, "Well, great, I don't have to do homework in it." But Brilliant. then actually, it was like, "Oh, I wish someone had just been able to help me kind of organize the chaos a bit better." But since I have been diagnosed, I have got so much better. I have mm-hmm. found all these tools, and I take them very seriously. Um, mm-hmm. And they mean that I just don't quite get to that level of complete chaos. Yeah, because you can kind of. 
um, the first step towards any kind of healing or, you know, changing your patterns is to just acknowledge the behaviors and acknowledge those patterns and be able to yeah. find ways to combat them. And um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the impulse goes away or, you know, the thing goes away. And often when we get distracted by other stuff, there's like the stuff creeps back in. And it is like it takes a lot of time and energy to really pay attention to these things, to be able to make it like muscle memory to not react and respond yeah. in the way that we used to. But I relate so much to what you say about going, <laughs> sorry, and it's not funny, but it is like, funny for me, going, oh my God, that fucking stupid thing that I did, that embarrassing like <laughs> reaction that I had where I humiliated myself so badly. Oh, that was part of this disorder that I have. Um, yeah. And like, And I understand the feeling of sadness of going, oh, I feel in a way of going, that poor girl, that poor, poor girl and everyone around you. I had the instinct to like run to anyone I'd ever even like had a small meeting with to go, by the way, if you thought I was fucking weird, it's because of this thing that I have. Um, I'm like, I'm not a bad person. I've just, I'm just really traumatized. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so do you have a diagnosis? Mm, so I have um I have ADHD. Mm. Uh I have CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and I have BPD. Um my husband has BPD. Really? Have you done um a DBT? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, like, we're using all the uh, all the abbreviations. Dialectical um, behavioral therapy, everybody. It is amazing. It's I, I did yeah. a bit as well. Um because I had a bit of PTSD. Oh my god, uh, what a list! Um, but um, it um is the thing because I'd done bits of therapy and stuff, and I think mm. I I had a lot of anxiety, and I think it often it was because I just I just didn't quite fit in, and I would behave so strangely, yeah. and like I wouldn't quite like know how to behave. And that is the therapy mm. that I think I I it's not on the NHS, I don't think, and it's but it's mm. I found it so helpful. It literally just gives you tools and trains you how to behave and it's so yeah. helpful sometimes rather than just going into it's everything so just having a way yeah. to cope so dialectical behavioral therapy cognitive behavioral therapy because a lot of people have had cbt but not a lot of people have had a dbt mm. um and cbt is for all listeners cbt is essentially like thinking your way out of things um whereas dbt is like almost doing your way out of things so you i don't know if you you had the um a similar status of like similar experience it's like utilizing all five senses um things like that have you heard about about doing that yeah and um also um, the thing that stuck with me was the kind of holding two things in your mind at the same time it's like also like noticing where you are and being mindful and things like that that yeah. all sound like yeah. a bit like la di da but actually like grounding yourself and not running away with yeah. yourself and just being in that moment and just physical things like splashing water on your face or doing this where you just snap out of rather than yes. like going down this yeah. rabbit hole where you just get more and more panicked yeah. and away from yourself just being like yeah. nope and you train yourself and then it just um it gets better I think it's brilliant more and more wound up like just a deep diving into that thing in motion and going like but on the accelerator right into a brick wall of shit and you're going to explode yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And just going something as simple as I um what I do quite a lot is I've got a bag of ice in the freezer just in case that I like grab ice cubes and hold ice cubes in my hand or put them on my face just to be yeah. like, I'm here, I'm present. It's it's okay, it's okay. Remember, 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 and just taking that pause 
having the stop before going into old patterns and old behaviors. It's um, amazing. It can completely rewire the brain. Like uh, I think yeah. my husband was saying, like he doesn't even know if he would now like qualify as having BPD because he, right. the DBT yeah. has made such a difference that he wouldn't necessarily qualify as having it because it's like it's kind of retrained and parented yourself and like it's they think I think there's something there's like this mad statistic of how many men in prison have BPD and it's like I was just about to say this fuck yes it's like because so many women are are diagnosed with BPD and then like I can't remember yeah what it was like the huge percentage of men in prison Mm. have it Un, it's unreal and if we could help and them then we could help a... the women that they probably take it out on so yeah <gasps> oh my gosh I don't um obviously because your husband isn't here I don't want to discuss him without um <laughs> without his permission but uh how when when was he diagnosed with BPD so it know? was just after we got married actually um everything went completely oh, wrong just after we got married and um he had had lots of different kind of suggestions over the years. And then we went to see this couples therapist and it just was complete chaos. And anyway, we got banned from couples therapy, Mm. but this therapist was really good. And he was like, I think you have this thing. And through that, he then found it. And um, yeah, so yeah, it's made the world of difference. Mm. It really, it is so powerful to just understand and know that you are not your feelings and know that this is coming from a different place. Yeah. Um, when I when I got diagnosed with with BPD, because I'd always suspected it, I was like, I think I'm a bit like dyspraxia when you go, um <laughs> and you go, I think I might have this thing. You probably yeah. you probably do have it. Same way, no one wants it. No one's going like, God, I just love a little bit of BPD today. <laughs> it sounds bad as well. It's got a bad name. It does. Borderline personality, God. Let's have a bit of that line up boys like it's it's not great but when I was in um when I was in rehab and got diagnosed with this thing and my therapist in rehab was like I fucking love people with BPD they're so like and he was saying things like that they're so intelligent and basically we're downloading all this information we just don't have the way to sort of process it yeah but he was like they're so smart they're so funny they're so cool and I was like oh my god stop it (laughs) (laughs) but it's so true like these things like they can have negative stigmas but I think Mm. uh, I know quite a few dyspraxics and there's a lot of dyspraxics that do comedy and I think one of the reasons is that you're so used to humiliating yourself and like embarrassing yourself that you find the funny side and you have to laugh at yourself you can't you literally cannot take yourself seriously or have any pride because it will disappear the moment you try and do anything. You're like going, I might as well fucking embrace it, you know? Yeah. Or, yeah. If I'm going to be, if I'm going to do something stupid, I might as well make it funny. Because yeah. like, because otherwise it's too painful and you just hold on to this, onto this shame. And I've said this quite a lot with people when it comes to, you know, because a lot to do with sobriety and recovery and healing is that they were dealing with a lot of past shame. And I know that one of my coping mechanisms is to be like, God, that thing that I did that was so horrible and awful and so self-destructive is actually quite funny in hindsight. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually quite a funny thing I did. And we can just, and laughing about it and going, God, I was a dick. Um, and sort of giving yourself 
I'm owning it, I guess. And yeah. going, it's okay. It's okay. If this thing is going to happen, I'm not going to hide it. I want to embrace this thing that I have with open arms because actually it does, there are huge benefits from it. And the more so. you try and hide it, the more shame you get. And it's like yeah. a horrible spiral where, yeah, you just feel bad. Yeah. So one thing I want to ask you about is, I don't Instagram that you were concussed three times before the age of 10. <laughs> I mean, I think this uh, this is the dyspraxia kind of coming out. <laughs> because uh, this has got to relate in some way. <laughs> I just kept falling on my head. I don't know what my problem was. Um, the worst one was when I was at school and uh, we had like a swimming lesson and we were like running to the swimming pool and then everyone no. was running. And then I just tripped and I like fell on my head. And then they were like, we don't think you should swim because you look a bit funny. And then I like watched the swimming and then I just started vomiting. And then they were like, this is... then I had to go to the hospital and then like spend the night at the hospital. And it was like, this is so dumb. Is there, are you the reason why there's a sign that says no running? <laughs> yeah, I think this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It says no running, then there's a picture of you and not a special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Be warned. Oh my gosh, that's concussed three times by the age of 10. I have been concussed once in memory that was last year and that was maybe awful. more but you don't remember that's the exactly thing I've, I've either blocked it out or, or, or it happened so badly <laughs> yeah. that I just have no memory of it which is quite frightening um but like in looking back with with the powerful powerful shamer that is 2020 hindsight when you look at yourself as a child do you sort of notice any any patterns or habits in yourself that you were like oh that was that was my dyspraxia pre Pre-knowledge Completely. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Like, my mom said it was just so frustrating when I was younger because, like, Every time we'd go to eat, like she'd like lay the table, everyone would sit down and then I'd knock a drink over and it'd be like, just so annoying. Like, and you can tell like people getting so frustrated by you because you're like, this is like, that's annoying. Like that is really annoying. Like every time. And then there's for a while I was banned from having like any drinks in the living room. And so like, I'd like have to sit outside. Like if I was having a drink, like when everyone was in the living room, because <laughs> I'd just like spill it on the sofa and it was just too annoying. It's like things like that. You're like, oh, this is like so dumb and you're just like trying to be together but you just yeah you just can't can't do it and you just oh yeah (laughs) you just you just can't it's horrendous I was at a gig um a couple of years ago with my friend Rory and then he had this drink and then um I just he had like a pint of coke and then it was just on the ground and then I kicked it and it fell over and then I was like oh um Rory I'm so sorry and he was like it's fine it's fine I just get another drink and he went and got another drink and he came and sat down and then I was just talking to him and within 30 seconds I knocked it over again <laughs> like and I knew that it happened but he hadn't noticed but I knew I had to say something and I was like 
maybe I could just not say it and I just let it go everywhere and just not mention it and I was like I have it. and I was like Rory I you could see the like the irritation like what like what is your problem why are you doing it and then he was like <laughs> and then I was like I'll go get you another drink and he's like yeah that would yeah that'd be yeah. good actually if you could <laughs> I love I just I love the fact that he happened and didn't he didn't notice and you could have been like oh my son bastard <laughs> knocked over your drink I'll go, oh. it was so obvious that there was no way I was getting away with it but I was like, oh god like just stop it <laughs> so you have is it recently you've become a mom yes um yeah a little baby Mabel and um, she is um a year old now yeah that is adorable yes, what those great. those names like older names I just think of the the best yeah it's so nice because I think we don't know any Mabels like my uh, Bobby did tell my husband did tell his um his grandma and he's like we're thinking of Mabel and she burst yeah. out laughing and then she was like uh you'll think of a better name <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. I she burst out laughing. she was like oh you're serious <laughs> oh yeah and then it's like oh but she she had no shame she was just like absolutely not because I think that generation like they have like a great aunt called Mabel so they're like why are you yeah. calling it like an old like an old like we know the old people and they're probably a bit annoying but for yeah. us it's like it's fresh you know yeah it's like it's it's like a totally new thing because we haven't heard it in so long yeah it's really it's such a great name but year old that's that's very very sweet it's very sweet congratulations thank you it's great I wasn't I was like so I just didn't know what to expect with it and yeah, um, yeah absolutely it's amazing I think it's one of those things that you can't you can't ever really prepare for until yeah but that's why it's such a risk happens. because you're like I don't want to make a mistake and then have to pretend yeah. that I am really enjoying this for 18 years and you're like oh fuck I've got to pretend that I really love this job yes. <laughs> being being a mother has that in any way sort of affected the way that you deal with your dyspraxia or um you know made you pay more attention to it or less attention to it has it has it sort of affected you in any way yeah I think at first it felt so daunting and so I really tried to be like so prepared and get everything in place because I really didn't understand how I was going to do it and I think mm-hmm. I think it is quite overwhelming if you do have is it a learning difficulty I don't really know but like if you have that because everything is so difficult like you have all these yeah. new things that you have to learn like yeah. it's like learning a whole new language and all these different yeah. and like taking that on board is like is very difficult if if things don't come naturally to you and you don't pick things up quickly mm. also I have um some anxiety and like some like uh I've had like uh quite bad OCD in the past and I think mm. it's because of I am more prone to making mistakes maybe and so you yeah. you start to really panic that you're you become like to... hyper vigilant in a way and it's yes. quite exhausting um yeah and when you have a baby I think there's something in your brain I, I know I think most people have this maybe it's very un, it's very strange but you imagine the worst thing happening so yeah. every time I, I do anything I have like a, a very vivid terrible thought and then if you are someone that's prone to mistakes and not used to being like oh well I won't do that you're like yeah. oh my god I really could do that like it's yeah. it's it's quite scary like I could make that mistake um yeah. and so I think it takes a while but I think I think I was so worried that I wouldn't be able to do it and that I wouldn't be able to function. And actually, I think it's given me a lot of confidence and it's made me feel like a real like person, if that makes sense. Like I can do this. Like I never imagined I could keep something alive. I mean, we got a dog first just to check. Um, uh, (laughs) I never thought that I was capable of this. And so the fact that I am has given me so much confidence and that I'm actually like good at it and I love it. And yeah, but I have to be so on it. And I think it has changed me in a way that I have to really focus 
in a way I've never had to do before. And then I think that that helps you in the long run, maybe. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Absolutely. It's I didn't know for a very long time um, when people discussed OCD. I always thought about it in the sense of like how we think about OCD, which is, you know, people having to turn the light switch on and off 50 times or, you know, having to make sure that everything is very tidy. And actually, it's it's not that specific. OCD can also manifest in the way of seeing of having very like very strong visuals of terrible yeah. things happening and I don't think a lot of people know that about OCD that um you'll you'll see like these very strong images or imagine the worst thing and I imagine like you said as a person who who is prone to knocking things over or dropping things you'll be like oh fuck this is a very real this is a, like this isn't an imaginative this is a very real reality I don't want to drop the baby I mean yes. really, like, I don't I don't I'm fortunate enough I say fortunate enough but I always look at you know these these things that we have as a kind of superpower so I'm not going to say I'm fortunate enough to not have dysphoria at all I just don't happen to have dysphoria but um every time I hold a baby my the first thought is what if I drop it yeah and we're but it's like it's human nature saying to us mm. it's really important you don't drop this baby so I'm just going to give you a little moment where you think don't drop this baby mm-hmm. um and so it I guess it is like a survival instinct but um yeah. it's um I think it's kind of wonderful what you say about you know being feeling like a real person um because I relate to that sentiment so much um because often when you suffer with a lot of anxiety or you know depression or have a sort of personality disorder it's very difficult to see yourself as like an actual human being and someone capable of things capable of doing doing the life the life things in whatever way that may be and then when you're put to the test and can do it, it's amazing. And you discover these new skills within yourself that you never knew you had. And it's actually, it's really, really powerful and really emotional. And you're kind of like, oh, I'm I'm a real life human. If you cut off my hand, it would bleed. I exist. I can do this. Yeah. And, and it kind of, I think it happens in different ways for everybody. Ooh. So um, for the listeners at home, we are on Zoom right now, but this, my cat, my cat, I think is my tester for if I can take care of her. I think he looks pretty healthy. I mean, he's thriving. Yeah. Almost, if anything, he's too big. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's growing too fast. (laughs) He's only, I think he's six months old. He has the same birthday as Harry Potter. And um, he, so he's a kitten and he is fucking massive. (laughs) Yeah. He's very big for a kitten. Is it, I don't know what breed you've got. Like, I don't know if you know how he's big it's going to grow. Um, he's half ragdoll, half main coon. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be yeah. massive. He's going to be like a panther walking around my house. Uh, so at this sort of point, we like to discuss, and we kind of, we've kind of got there, but the I'll always bring it, bring it back to in a way of explaining that the worst night of my life, my why do you think you've got no friends moment, was ultimately the best thing that ever happened to me because it's as it saved my life um, in a very, very strange sort of horrible way, but it did. And so I like to, at this point, talk about the things that came from this moment that might've been really, really distressing and, um, and painful and confusing and frightening, but ultimately what are the, the things that you were grateful for coming out of that? Yeah, I think that um, it just made sense of so many things in my life. And there were definitely like moments before that of just like 
feeling so lonely and like I found it so hard like when I moved to London to like meet people like I mm-hmm. I think I was always so shy when I was younger and I think that one of the reasons was that I was so afraid of saying the wrong thing or like messing yes. up or doing something wrong that I just every time I'd like I'd like had to go through in my head what I was going to say before I said it yeah um and um so it really took a long time to feel comfortable in myself and mm. I think stand-up has really helped me with that like I really recommend it for anyone like it sounds so counterintuitive <laughs> for anyone that's like shy but like getting up and like talking on a stage is like it's really like helpful and like saying what you think and I mean for me like I met so many people that were like like me and had brains yeah. like me and it really yeah. helped me that I was like forced into it like I had to speak to people like every night like it was really um yeah it's really helped me but then I think yeah getting the dyspraxia diagnosis was like oh okay like all these things suddenly make sense in my life and yeah. from it I learned all these tools that mean that I now don't live in this chaos most of the time and it yeah. means that I think that so often with these things it feels like a thing where you're like oh if you have something like that like that's it forever Mm. but Mm. actually I've seen like a a really big improvement from knowing that I have it to being able to and so much of it is habit and like it's so boring but it is just literally as you said like making it a thing in your body that is just what you automatically do and if we don't necessarily have that or be taught that um, and I think that was the thing that I was like oh I kind of wish I'd been diagnosed when I was younger because then I would have I would have known and everyone I could have done like better at school and it would have been easier to understand myself. But actually, in a way, I'm kind of really glad that I didn't because it meant that I did fail a lot and I didn't have like any excuse. But that meant that for stand up, like it is a thing where you will like die on stage. Like the thing with dyspraxics is I think like we just keep going like you're just like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, of course, I fell over. Of course, I made a mistake. Like, you that you can't stop because of that. Like, you just keep going. And so you have like quite a thick skin. And that is um, that is a really helpful thing that I've developed because of it. Yeah, I think it's it's sort of what we were kind of discussing earlier. I honestly one of the greatest compliments I can give anybody is is being fearless. And Mm -hmm. I think um, stand up comedy is one of the bravest the bravest things that anyone can do because it takes, it takes so much vulnerability and just like a ton of balls it's amazing and I think when you have suffered with something that has affected your life in what are seemingly negative ways it does help you be less frightened of stuff because even now with the past and what happened to me if someone I don't know says something negative or behaves in a way that's maybe not particularly great mm. I'm like you think that's bad like you can't scare me now yeah um, yeah yeah it gives us a head start I think yeah. and also like a lot of people like they meet reach midlife and like it's like then they have a moment whereas we've done all that you know we're ready to go <laughs> yeah 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 it's fine it's fine and also you can't I'm not gonna let you shame me for it in fact yeah. I'm just going to make a joke out of it and I'm going to own it and do my own thing. If you yeah. don't like it, that's that's kind of your problem. Um, I do sort of think it's it's like a slight superpower. And thinking about things, I often do the same of going, oh, I wish that I had gotten the help much earlier. But then go, oh, wait, no, because had I gotten the help much earlier, I wouldn't have the fucking great stories that I have now yeah 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 um I wouldn't be in this position I wouldn't be creating something that I really really care about 
And you kind of have to look at life as this path and everything happening at the right time for the right reason. Um, as sort of like cliche and and also sometimes it's just that you're not in the place where that is possible like you have to get to that point like that's just that's it and it's like it's kind of cruel but it's like that is it you have to get to the point where you then can move forward you know yeah yeah at this point I like to ask my favorite question which either gets people very uncomfortable or they love it um but what are the things about you Harriet as a person that you cherish the most that you love the most about yourself I guess it is some of the things we already said like I Mm. I am I can really laugh at myself I do not take myself too seriously um I have quite a thick skin and I guess I like having fun and it's something that I try and like seek out like Mm. it's it's quite important to me not to be bored yeah because I just will switch off and so I try and have fun I think that's a good thing for life you know yeah 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 it's like always finding a route out and not sitting in the in the shit yeah just like life doesn't have to be boring like trying to see the funny side of it you know like I think the older we get the more we're like oh you have to be this way or you have to do that and yeah I really want to rebel against that yeah I think that's brilliant I think that's amazing and again I will give you my my greatest compliment which is fearlessness because I just I genuinely think anyone who does stand-up comedy and is brilliant at it which Harriet says just look it up on YouTube (laughs) and you'll see um they I just think it's it's kind of amazing and the most extraordinary people just so brave so cool so funny it's like it's like the perfect person just wrapped up in like one wonderful stand-up comedian we've started a new segment of the podcast um which we're still coming up with a name for at the moment um but at the moment we're calling it thank you letters and we ask our guests to just put it out there and say thank you to one specific person or maybe a group of people or even a thing or a place but just a thank you for something that you are grateful for this is probably going to be a bit gross um and you must never tell him but I guess thank you to Bobby um my husband because he was I really felt like I was like really bad and that like there were all these things like I had to hide from people and with him it was that I could really be myself and it was like I would try and like hide and then it was like the more he kind of like got out of me the more he kind of liked it and then it really did help me be myself I think and also Mm -hmm. like just with the dyspraxia and stuff like he is like he's very open-minded and he's very like understanding and like when I break things or like make a mistake I like I can get I I've got much better but I used to get like quite worked up and like especially you know when you're struggling for money and Mm -hmm. things are tight and then you break something you're like fucking you feel like so like angry with yourself and stupid and then he'd be like no it's fine that comes out of the dyspraxia fund he's like I've created a fund it's a dyspraxia fund and that's just you know like there's gonna we're just gonna have things that have to come out of that and it just makes life easier (laughs) oh my god I love that that's amazing it's like the swear jar but like the dyspraxia yeah yeah exactly that's fantastic that's so lovely it is this thing of like just radical self-acceptance yeah um there is something it's just amazing and going you know we all have these parts of ourselves that we would that we have we have the instinct to hide and you know mask shame whatever and actually embracing those things and you know working on them in whatever way you want to just and bringing them out into the open means that they can 
breathe and grow in the way that we that we want them to go rather than just like them festering in this little hole within us yeah um and having having a partner who can who can not only like accept that and love it but also you know be able to see the funny side of it and be able to just like you know make it easy and not frightening and soft and like just lovely I think that's that's really incredible. That's I need to really be more incredible. accepting of him now. That's, uh, <laughs> that's I'm still like, no, you should change. You should be better, actually. Because I'm going to invite Bobby on the podcast and he's going to be like, ah, <laughs> I can't help. <laughs> so are there any upcoming shows, tours, uh, Edinburgh that you can talk about? Yeah, there? basically on Instagram. I like post all that kind of stuff. So it's at Harriet Kemsley. So it should all be there. Great. Harriet, thank you so, so much for joining me on this podcast today. This has really, really me. meant a lot. You are wonderful, so funny, and just an absolute breath of fresh air for us to be able to talk about these things and talk about what comes from them in an easy, non-scary, it's okay, we will go shit way. And uh, I really, really appreciate your openness and generosity. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Join me next week with my guest, illustrator and occupational therapist, Hannah Daisy. If you or anyone you know is struggling or needs help with the issues discussed on Why Do You Think You've Got No Friends, please visit the podcast bio where you will find contact numbers with people readily available to give support. Please get in touch with your stories at either contact at whydoyouthink.com or on Instagram at emily underscore lang underscore uk. To have your story or your thank you letter read on the podcast, please put survivor story or thank you letter either at the top or in the subject line. We really want to hear from you. We don't care if it's a catastrophe story or a small win from your week, your favorite place, person or thing. We are here for all of it. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.